Um, God taught me in a, a pretty interesting lesson over this last week, and uh, I just want to share it with you. Last week, I was getting ready for our discipleship group that meets on Tuesday night. Not this Tuesday, but the week before. This Tuesday got canceled because of snow. And in preparation, I needed to get my Tuesday discipleship time done, my Bible study and my quiet time done. Uh, so I jumped into the Word. I opened up. I was up to, to uh, Corinthians chapter 10, and I went through Corinthians 10, and I'm like, man, there's just nothing there. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll read this again. So I read it again, and still, there was nothing there. And I'm like, you know, and that's, there are some parts of Scripture that are sort of dry. You know, if you go into Matthew, you're going to hit pretty quickly the genealogies. Anybody read through the genealogies? Has anybody found those fascinating? Some people do, okay? But I read them like so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so And that's sort of the way that I felt when I read through 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So in my daily journal, I wrote down, I read it, I read it twice, but nothing popped and nothing stood out at me. So I just don't have any insights or cool things to write down on 1 Corinthians 10. I wrote that down, and this was at the end of the day because I, I had all my other stuff done, and I was getting this done. I just got that done because I needed to get that done. I checked that off, and a little bit later, I go to our discipleship group. On Wednesday morning, then, I wake up, and the way I start my day is I usually come to the office or even at home before I come here, and the first work that I do is I sit down, and I just want to spend some time with God. So I'll open up His Word. I don't do it randomly. I don't suggest just going, there, no. I'm reading systematically through God's Word, and so I went over to 1 Corinthians, where I've been in my daily devotions, and I started reading out of the next chapter. And I got so much out of that, I couldn't go very far, and I had to stop and write it down. So the way that I do it is I read until I find something that God's just speaking to me that day, and then I'll stop. I'll write that verse out, then I'll look at the verses around it before, it, what, what's the setting, what's happening. So I'll write some observations down, and then I'll write an application. What does this mean for me today? And I'll write that out. I literally journal that down, and then I'll say a little prayer. So that day, I only got a couple verses into this chapter, and I had so much to write down that that just took everything. I took the whole day. Next morning, I get up. I go to where I left off, the next verse, and I start reading. And there was so much in the next verse that I had to stop. And I wrote down. I went through the entire next chapter of Corinthians this whole last week in one chapter. Now, normally, I'll do several chapters a week. But this week, there was so much in there that I, I couldn't go on. I just kept reading and reading and reading that one chapter. Come Tuesday, I'm getting ready for our Tuesday night discipleship group again. And I'm going back and I'm reviewing what I wrote down in my journal. I'm pulling out what I thought was really cool to share to the group, you know, and to just review what I looked at this week. So I'm going through this whole chapter, this one big chapter that had so much in it. And as I'm sitting there preparing, it dawned on me, guess what chapter of Corinthians that I was reading? The same chapter that I read last Tuesday and got nothing out of it. I step back and I'm like, wait, what happened here? Because I, I lost track of the chapter during the week when I was reading. And yet chapter 10 was so full of stuff, so full of things. It's like, how come one day I read through this chapter and there was nothing there? And then the, the next week there was so much there when I was praying and spending time with God. There was so much there that I spent a whole week in that chapter. What changed? And I want to tell you this morning, here's what changed. God 
spoke. God spoke. You see, you can read through a chapter and get nothing out of the Bible. You can read books of the Bible and get nothing out of it. But when God chooses to speak, one verse will be enough for a week, will be enough for a year. When God speaks, God is speaking to his children all the time. And the big question is, are we listening? So God spoke all week long as I was in my Bible study, but why didn't he speak on Tuesday? And I know why he didn't speak. Because the Tuesday before, I did my Bible study, not because I wanted to hear God, but because I needed to check off a box because I was going to a discipleship group and I needed to have my work done. Does that make sense? And God didn't speak. Not because he wasn't wanting to, not because he wasn't ready to, not because he didn't have something to say to me, because I think he always has something to say to me. He didn't speak because I wasn't listening. I wasn't in a position to hear. I was just rushing through, not worried about the relationship with God, just wanting to get my work done. God speaks, but do we hear him? This morning, I want to talk about this uh, quite a bit. I want to dig into this. We're going to take our next step in experiencing God. And this next step, so last week we talked that God wants to come into a relationship with us. And once we're in a relationship with God, God wants to talk to us. There was a husband who married this gal, and they were married for like 30, 40 years and after 34 years of marriage, or 30 to 40 years of marriage, uh, they decided to go sort of on a second honeymoon because they had been together so long. And about halfway through their trip, uh, they went back to the hotel room, and the wife just started crying. And the husband was, you know, busy watching television, <laughs> you know, flicking through the channels. And finally, she started crying loud enough, got his attention, and, she, and he asked, okay, I, you got me, I'm baited, what's wrong? And she said, you know, in all these years that we've been married, I've only heard you say, I love you once. And the guy looked over and said, I told you I love you the day I married you. And if it ever changes, I'll let you know. How many of you wives would like to only be told you're loved once in your marriage? And see, that's the way I think sometimes we come to God and we think, okay, I got married to God and yet he never talks to me. Well, if you're in a relationship with God, part of a relationship is that person, that other person is going to talk. And I want to tell you this morning, God wants to talk to his people, and God is talking to his people, but are we listening? Are we hearing? Today, we're going to take that next step about listening to God and hearing what he has to say. So today, I come to you not as an expert. I don't come to you with all the answers all figured out. I come to you as a student. So I'm learning this as much as hopefully you're learning this and we're learning this together. We're in this journey together because I'll tell you what, as I just explained, some days I miss it. Some days I don't hear God talk and it's not God's fault. It's mine. I also want to put a disclaimer out here at the start. This week, I gathered so much stuff, and I found so many cool ideas and concepts. I don't know that we're going to be able to cram it into a 30-minute sermon. Um, Besides, I know we have soup, and we have chili ready to go as soon as the service is over, and you all don't want to be here, and I don't want to be here. Uh, So I'm not going to be able to get through everything that I'm finding this morning. And if you'd like to learn more, if this 
sparks your interest, it sparks your attention, I'd love to sit down, have coffee with you, and we could talk even further about what I'm learning, and I could point you in the directions that I'm going so you could learn as well. So how I thought I would approach this today is I'm going to give you some major concepts and some overviewing uh, observations about those concepts of God speaking, and then uh, if you want to get into more, we can get into more later. So to stay on track, let's let God talk. Let's invite him to speak to us this morning, and let's commit to hearing his voice this morning as well. So will you join me in prayer, asking God, will you talk to us? And will you talk to us today? So let's talk. I'm going to talk, then I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to let you just talk on your own, asking God to speak. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in this time of worship, because we want to connect with you for sure on a weekly basis corporately with other brothers and sisters in Christ, and we want to hear from you. Father, if we are not hearing from you, then all we're doing here is playing a social club, and we're just having a good time and even having some food this morning. And Father, what makes what we're doing in this moment different is we expect and we want you to speak. We want you to talk to us. We want you to give us direction and insight and wisdom and guidance. And so will you speak to us this morning. And Father, I just ask that you will listen to all of us as we make this simple request. Father, as Samuel said, here I am, Lord. Speak. Your servant is listening. And Father, that is our request. Here we are. Speak. Your servants are listening. Amen. By the way, as we move into the sermon this morning, we've changed some things up going through COVID, and one of the things that we've changed up is making a... uh, um, outline, a fillable outline. If that's something you miss, let me know. We sort of let the bulletin go because it was only getting half read anyway. Uh, But if you really like to have notes and you like to write things down, it helps you learn, helps you grow spiritually. Uh, Text me, email me, talk to me, let me know that's something you really enjoy and we'll consider uh, trying to bring it back. We've also not been as vigilant about putting all the points of the sermon up on the overhead as well. But if those are things you enjoy, please let me know. The Bible shows us pretty plainly that God has always wanted to and does speak to his people. If a Christian doesn't know when God is speaking, that person is in trouble at the core of his or her Christian life. Let me repeat that. If a Christian does not know when God is speaking, that person is in trouble at the core of his or her Christian life. So what does the Bible tell us about God speaking? The Bible covers three very specific paradigms in which God spoke, the way in which he spoke. And it's sort of interesting the way that it's divided up is the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the New Testament. Three major differences, three major shifts in the way that God speaks to his people. 
So what I want to do this morning is just go through and take a look at the way God spoke in the Old Testament. In fact, that's where we'll spend the most of our time. We'll touch on the Gospels, and then we'll also then move to the New Testament church to today. So Acts to today. So let's jump back into the Old Testament. How did God speak to people in the Old Testament? God spoke to the Old Testament people in many different ways, in many varieties. Some heard God's voice audibly. Others were visited by angels. Others had visions or dreams to hear and to see God's voice. This almost sound like heresy. This might sound like heresy, but sometimes the way they heard God's voice was a roll of the dice. Literally, they would throw the Urim and the Thurim just to see if this is the way we should go or the decision we should make. They also, in the Old Testament, would draw straws to see and hear God's voice. So these are some ways that God uh, spoke in the Old Testament. Sometimes God's voice was also a gentle whisper. And at other times, it was a booming storm so loud that people were scared of what they heard. God spoke of his people through the prophets. He spoke through a burning bush, through symbolic actions and miraculous signs. No matter how God spoke in the Old Testament, it presents us with four truths about hearing God's voice. So let's take a look at these four truths. Number one, when God spoke, the way he communicated was often unique to the individual. Looking at the list above, it's very apparent that God spoke in many different ways. With Moses, it was a burning bush. But with Jacob, it was a wrestling match that lasted all night long. What is interesting is that in most of these occasions, God spoke in very unique ways. God never spoke again in the Bible through a burning bush. And as far as I know, he never got in an all-night wrestling match with somebody to get their attention as he did with Jacob. Yet in each of these cases, the way God spoke was very specific to the individual. In like manner, when God speaks to us today, he makes his voice very personal to us. He wants us to focus on our relationship with him and not on the method by which he speaks. If God only spoke in certain ways, then we would begin seeking out those ways rather than seeking the God who wants to speak to us. For example, if God only spoke to his followers through sermons, then the only thing we'd want to do is listen to sermons, great sermons, to hear God's voice. And the better the sermon, the better God's voice. And so we want to tune in to more sermons and better sermons and greater sermons. People would become more reliant upon a sermon than they are upon the God who spoke through that sermon. And this puts us in dangerous, dangerous territory. Sadly, when some people don't hear God's voice, then it was a bad sermon. What's interesting, though, and from a preacher's standpoint, what I think is interesting is you can have somebody say, wow, pastor, God showed up big, and I heard God's voice this morning, and then you'd have somebody talk about the same exact sermon and say, I got nothing out of it. God was silent this morning. He just wasn't there. And I'm like, wait, how can both people be right? You see, when we put our emphasis on a thing, when we put our emphasis on a method, we begin seeking out the method and we begin blaming or accepting the method as the way God speaks rather than seeking out the God who wants to speak to us. If the worship music didn't move us, then it's the worship team's fault that God didn't speak. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. 
It doesn't matter what the worship team does. They could have a really bad day on, and yet God could speak volumes and want to speak to be speak loudly. You might go to a Sunday school class or a, a discipleship group, and the teacher just, you know, oh, they were off their game. I didn't hear God speak. Well, don't put your emphasis in the Sunday school teacher or in the discipler or in the worship team or the preacher or a friend. Don't put your emphasis there. Put your emphasis on hearing God speak. The key in your life is not how God speaks, but that he speaks. That's what you're after, not the how, but that he speaks. And you know what? He may speak to you one day through your devotions, just reading the Bible, and the next day he may speak to you through a piece of worship music that you hear on the radio. Or God is big enough, he may even speak to you through watching news. I know, it's amazing, but he could. God is always talking to his people, and when he speaks... He oftentimes communicates in a unique way to the individual. When God spoke, here's the second truth of the Old Testament. When God spoke, there was no question that it was God. The person was sure it was God. Moses had never seen a burning bush before, and I'm sure he never heard a burning bush talk That would be sort of weird for us all. And yet the Bible tells us that Moses didn't question whether that was the voice of God or not. He knew it was God. Now, there were times in the Bible where the hearer didn't quite like what they heard. Now, sometimes God will tell you something, you're like, oh, I heard it, I know it's you, but I don't like it. I don't like what you said. And Gideon found himself in this situation. God gave him a message, told him what he was to do, and Gideon's like, I don't know that I like that idea. I want to make sure if I'm going to do what you told me to do, God, I want to make sure this is right. And so Gideon went out, and after God spoke, after he had that experience with God, he went out and built a sacrifice. And in the midst of building that sacrifice, as soon as he got it done, God sent fire from a rock that shot out of a rock and licked up the the whole sacrifice, burned it right up, just like that. And Gideon then knew, yep, this is what God said, and God wants me to do this. No question about it. So sometimes we're sure it was God, but sometimes we don't know if we like or we want to listen to the message that God had to say. Number three, when God spoke, the person knew what God said. When God speaks, you don't walk away and like, "Eh, I'm not sure God said that. If God said that, there's no question about what he said. Have you ever talked with a mumbler? Do you like that? I want to tell you, God does not mumble when he speaks. He does... I would like you, Pastor... God does not mumble when he speaks. Or let's make it a little more modern in our day and age. God is not using internet video that, and then all of a sudden, and then it, and it, God says when he said, how many of you like that? By the way, don't go messing. Jane, don't mess with your stuff. It was me, not you. Okay. We've experienced that, internet cutting out, television shows cutting out, volume cutting out. I want to tell you, when God speaks, there is no question of what he said. 
In the Old Testament, when God spoke, that person knew what he had said. As I said before, when many question you, we may question what he said. We may not like what he said. We may raise objections to what he said, but there's no question about what he said. When Moses was standing at the burning bush talking to God, God told Moses, I've chosen you. I want you to go back down to Egypt, and I want you to talk to Pharaoh, your old brother. I want you to talk with him because you are going to let my people go, and they're going to all go back to the promised land that I gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you're going to take all those people back to our land, back home. And Moses came back to God. He had no questions about what God said. But Moses was like, ah, no, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I like what you're telling me. This conversation, you can read it in Exodus. This conversation took place at the bush. And Moses said, but God, I don't speak well. I stutter. I'm not that good in law. You know, I'm just not that good. And God then said, okay, God actually heard, heard Moses' complaints, heard his objections, and God said, I tell you what I'll do. I'll send somebody who's eloquent at speech. His name's Aaron. You know him. He's your brother. I'm going to send him with you to be your voice. But I want you to catch this. God made a concession for Moses when he heard him, when he heard God. God made a concession. But Aaron ended up causing Moses more problems than it was worth, if you read the whole story. Just a couple. When they actually got loose and they got the, all the Israelites left and they all went out to the mountain and they were all out in the wilderness a little bit there, God, Moses went up in the mountain to hear God again. And God, by the way, just to put this in context, what God told Moses was the Ten Commandments. So that's the giving of the Ten Commandments. You know what his mouthpiece was doing while he was up getting the Ten Commandments from God? He was leading all the people to worship a golden calf. And if you think that's a problem, so Moses comes down and here's half the people throwing themselves before this golden calf in worship and raising up their voices and praising the golden calf. And it was horrible. A lot of people ended up dying that day because of that. And if you think that's bad enough, a little later in this whole story of Moses, Aaron and his sister ended up trying to impeach Moses. They tried to impeach him, tried to kick him out. He's not the leader. He needs to be gone, and Aaron and Miriam, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this. We'll now lead the nation of Israel. They tried to kick Moses out. Now, remember, God gave Moses a, a specific command, said, you're going to do this. Moses complained. God made a concession, and I'm telling you, when God makes concessions, it's usually not as good as the best plan, the first plan. He made a concession, but Moses ended up paying for that, that concession a long, long time. When God spoke, the person in the Old Testament knew it was God. Number four, when God spoke, that was the encounter with God. We're talking about experiencing God. We're talking about encountering, encountering God. Moses would have been foolish to say, wow, that burning bush experience, that was pretty cool. And because of what I learned at that burning bush, I am really excited that now I'm going to get to encounter God. That'd be silly. The bush was the encounter. The bush was the experience of God. The bush was it. When God reveals his truth to you, that is the encounter with God. That is your experiencing God moment. It's experiencing God coming down and working in your life when you hear his voice. And it's easy for us 
to have a deeply moving worship service, maybe an incredible moment with God while we're out walking in the woods somewhere or reading our Bible on a beautiful snowy day. You can guess when I wrote that. And begin to believe that we are experiencing God because of this, that, or the other thing. So I got to go out in the woods to experience God or I got to hear a beautiful worship service to experience God or I got to hear a great sermon to experience God or I have to, you know, be uh, listening to the birds sing or watch the snow fly. That's how I experience God. And the thing is, those things are not the experience. There are things that are happening around you, but that is the encounter. That when God moves into that moment, that's what's happening. You're experiencing God at that moment. So God is the one that makes that, that bird singing or the snow falling or the worship music great. God moving is what makes those things great. Those things do not make God move. Does that make sense? We need to experience God, not more worship music, not better sermons, and not good walks in the woods, although those are wonderful things. That's not, the encounter is what we're after. We want God to speak to us. We want him to show up in our lives and give us direction. So that's the Old Testament. Let's jump to the New Testament. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The next major movement in the Bible that represents how God spoke to us was the Gospels. The Gospels reveal God speaking to us through his Son, his physical presence on this earth. John opens up his book, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. In him was life, and that life was the light of all men. Through him all things were made, and nothing was made that has been made without him. And I think it's interesting that the way John pictures this, that the spoken word of the Old Testament, the word was what did things, the word was what created things, the word was what came to man in the Old Testament through a vision, through a dream, through a burning bush. It was the word of God speaking to people. And John says, but everything's changed now because the word has become flesh. It has bones and skin and blood and hair and eyeballs. The Word is now flesh, and that flesh is Jesus Christ. In this phrase, God is speaking to man. He did so in the flesh in a person. And even though the disciples knew who Jesus was, they still didn't connect all the dots. They didn't put all the dots together. And it's sort of interesting, we run across this story. It's in John chapter 14, if you go back just a couple chapters into John. And the disciples come to Jesus with this big question. And they ask Jesus, the one who has sent me has said, oh, let's go back up. They ask Jesus, Jesus, will you show us the Father? So here's Jesus doing all this stuff. He's been with the disciples. They know that he's from God. They know that he's a prophet or something even greater than a prophet. They know that there's something powerful about Jesus, that he isn't just a regular old humdrum guy. There's something really special about him. And so they ask Jesus, will you show us the Father? And if you show us the Father, that'll be enough for us. Then we'll really believe that you are with God, that you are from God. And Jesus makes an interesting statement. He says, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, don't make that any more complicated than it is. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. It would sort of be like, well, let's use Steve. Why don't you use Steve back here? It'd be like Steve standing up 
here and saying, if you've seen Steve, you've seen Steve. Make sense? If you've seen Vince, you've seen Vince. And Jesus is saying that. If you've seen me, you've seen God because, guess what? Bells, boo, I am God. I'm one and the same. You don't have to go looking for God somewhere else. I'm it. I'm God. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his work. And Jesus declares to his disciples that they were, in fact, at that moment, right then, talking with God. God now existed in human form for some 30 years on this earth. And then God ascended back up to his eternal home. And then we enter into the next paradigm shift uh, as to the way that God speaks. So now let's go into the book of Acts. Acts, by the way, is a history book. It covers the entire New Testament time period. So the opening of Acts begins at the end of the Gospels, and it spans all the New Testament, even into Revelation. So its history is of all that time period of the birth of the church, of John writing Revelation, of Paul and all of his his movements and his letters and his speaking to uh, all the foreign nations, the Gospel going out. Acts covers all of that. It is the birth of the New church. So Acts, and we're going to bring that up to the present age, because God didn't stop speaking the same way he spoke to Acts after Acts was done. He kept on going, and God still is speaking the same way today. When we move past the Gospels and run into Acts, what we find is that when Jesus left the earth, he gave us a gift. Does anybody know what the gift is? The Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, if I go away, I'll bring to you, I'll give to you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And here is the work of the Holy Spirit. He will speak for me. So Jesus speaks for God. God spoke. Jesus speaks for God. And now the Holy Spirit speaks for Jesus. So all three of them are God. They're all one. They're all the same voice. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's now going to come and he's going to speak to you. And he tells the disciples, because they're freaking out a little bit here. It's like, oh no, you're leaving. Wait, you know, cool, you can't do that. You know, don't ditch us. We just saw you raised from the dead. Don't leave now. And Jesus says, no, I gotta go. But I'm telling you, I'm gonna give you something better because I can only be in one spot at one time in this physical body. But if I go and I go back up to heaven, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can go everywhere you go. You can go to the moon and the Holy Spirit will be there with you. You can go to uh, Washington and the Holy Spirit will still be there with you. It doesn't matter where you go, the Holy Spirit will be with you. And Jesus says, the Holy Spirit's job is going to be to talk to you just like I'm talking to you. The Holy Spirit's going to guide you just like I'm guiding you. When I told you to go out and do all that uh, ministry, remember guys? Yeah, we remember that. Well, the Holy Spirit's going to do the same thing. He's going to tell you out. He's going to tell you to go out. He's going to tell you where to go. He's going to tell you how to do it, you know, how to bring the gospel in, how to bless a home, not bless a home. Holy Spirit's going to lead you in all of this. And this then explodes in the New Testament time. Jesus said he would give us the Holy Spirit, and it is that spirit by which God still speaks to us today. In all of these ways that God speaks, it all hinges upon one thing. 
And it all hinges upon a relationship. God doesn't talk to people he's not in a relationship with. And the only thing that he will say to you is, come be my child. Come be my child. Come be my child. Come be my child. Outside of that, God doesn't talk to the sinners. He doesn't talk to people who don't know him. He talks to us who are in a relationship with him. And so this opens up a pretty big thing for us. If we're having trouble hearing God's voice, what's going on? Are we in a relationship with him? And that's why God wants to speak, because he wants to be in relationship with us. Remember, Jesus is standing at the door, and he's knocking, and he says, whoever opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. What's going on? He wants to sit and he wants to talk to us. He wants to be in fellowship with us. Jesus gave a very applicable piece of scripture uh, teaching, and it comes out of uh, gospel, or John's gospel as well. He got in this discussion with some religious leaders, and they were claiming that they were Abraham's child. And Jesus said, well, if you're Abraham's child, then you should know who I am. And they're like, well, you're a nobody. And he's like, you know, I'm God's son. And they're like, no, you're not. We're Abraham's children. We would know that if that is the case. And being Abraham's children means that they're God's children. And Jesus then spoke back to them and said some very pointed things. And I want you to listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear it, what I say. You belong to my father, the de- you belong to your father, the devil. Ouch. How would you like to have Jesus say that to you? You didn't hear me? Oh, it's because you belong to your own father, and your father is Satan himself, the devil. And then Jesus talks a little bit about the devil. He says, you want to carry out your father, the devil's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Now listen to this incredibly pointed sentence. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is that you do not belong to God. That's some pretty strong words. So what Jesus just said here, if you want to know if you're in a relationship with God, there's a simple litmus. Is God talking to you? And if your answer is no, we need to go back to last Sunday's sermon and talk about getting in a relationship with God. Jesus declares that God is always speaking to those that know him. And if you don't hear him speaking, then you don't know him. And we keep coming back to this over and over again in this series of experiencing God. You cannot experience God if you don't know God. You have to be in a relationship with God. And so I want to tell you this morning, if you want to be in a relationship with God, this is back on our bulletin board above the coolers, the water coolers. Uh, We pass these out all over the place. This talks about that relationship with God. You can take one of these home. You can take it to your friend. If you know somebody that's struggling with these very things, 
grab this and take it to them because it tells us how come we're separated from God, our sin and the choices we've made. It talks about how we've tried to repair that because we know we want to be with God. Uh, And then it tells us how do we do that? How do we come into relationship with God? That happens through Jesus Christ and his cross. And the way that it happens is very simple. It's not a big, big shindig. It's not a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big altar call or a big sobbing event in your life. It's basically coming to the point of realizing that you're a sinner and you're in trouble and you need help. And when you realize that, it's then coming to a place of saying, okay, God, I know I need help and I need to stop doing what I'm doing because I'm doing stuff that's killing me, killing my family, being destructive to our community. I need to stop that. And I commit to stop doing that. And I believe that you'll forgive me for all of this and that you will bring me into a relationship with you. And I just want to ask, can I do that? Receive it. Move into that relationship. And the Bible tells us that as soon as you move into that relationship, God sends the Holy Spirit. I'm of the belief I don't think it comes at a special event down the road. I don't think it's something you have to work for. I don't think it's something you know have to prove that you're a Christian before the Holy Spirit comes. When you accept Jesus Christ, he sends you the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, one of the very first things, if you're a brand new Christian that he's going to do, and this is sort of wild, I've seen it happen so many times, he'll start saying, you need to work on this, and you'll need to work on this, and I need to help you with it. And it seems like in our culture, one of the first things that he seems to go after is language. We lose the blankety blanks and we start bringing in a godly language. But the Holy Spirit comes in and he helps us begin living the life that God wants us to live because we've moved into a relationship with God. If you have not done that, if you're not hearing God's voice, if you're wondering, am I really in a relationship, make sure you get that right. Make sure you have cried out to God and you've moved into that. And so we talked about that a lot last Sunday. You can go back online, folks. You can go back to last Sunday where we talked a lot more about the relationship thing. That's where it starts. That's where experiencing God starts. Now, I told you there is so much more on this subject that there is no way that we could fit it all in this morning. As I was writing, I realized there's so much more that I feel like we need to talk about as a church. Uh, So I decided to let you go maybe early. Ooh, we are. We're 15 minutes early. Let you go, and we're going to come back to this next time. I'll let you go if you make a commitment to buy some chili. There's a lot of chili made, a lot of soup made, okay? We're trying to pay for some outreach here. But I want to let you go. We're going to come back next Sunday, and here's some of the things that we're going to look at next Sunday, just so you know what you're getting into when you come back. If you go to tune in or folks online, invite a friend. If you think a friend needs to hear some of this, how do I learn to hear God's voice? God's speaking, but sometimes it gets cloudy hearing it. Did I really hear God's voice? How am I sure what God told me to say? How do I know? Here's a big one. How do I know that was God's voice and not Satan's voice? That's in the Bible. And people heard Satan too, so how do I distinguish? How do I know God's voice from Satan's voice? Oh, here's another big one. What if I mess up when God asks me to do something? I know he asked me to do it, and I said no. Or God asked me to do it and told me to do it a certain way, and I didn't want to do it that way, and I goofed it all up. Is God no longer going to talk to me? Am I out? Am I done? Is it over for me? Um, How do I discover God's truth in this mixed-up world? You know, there are a lot of voices talking to us today, a lot of talking heads, 
on the news, on television, on YouTube, Facebook, in churches all over the place. There's a lot of talking heads. How do I know what God wants to say amongst all these other voices? And what if I don't do what God wants me to do? Am I in trouble? And what if God does not talk to me? Well, we sort of talked about that this morning. Make sure you're in a relationship with him. Make sure that's right. I told you there's so much more that we want to cover that I'm gleaning and learning uh, in this subject matter, and and I'm learning with you. Uh, So we're going to look at this again next Sunday. But my prayer, I really hope that you will go out this week and don't be like me. Don't get in too much of a rush, because that's one of the things I can tell you right off the bat. God is never on our time schedule. Usually he's going faster or slower than we are. Because sometimes he wants us to move and we don't. And sometimes God's saying, would you just slow down? And I think for our culture, he's probably saying that more often now. But I want you to encourage you to do that. This week, slow down and say, God, just like Samuel. If you want to learn about Samuel, go back to the book of Samuel. Learn how Samuel got called. And like Samuel, go before God and say, God, I hear you. Your servant is listening. How's it go? No, speak for your servant is listening. Let's be Samuels this week. Let's talk to God and ask him to speak to us. Dear Father, through prayer, we do a lot of talking at you. But I surely believe you want to do as much talking to us as we talk to you. And Father, I apologize in my own life that sometimes I get so wrapped up working for you and doing for you that I don't slow down enough to hear from you. Father, I pray this week that you will, you will settle your voice upon us. That you will speak to us in unique ways. And Father, you may speak to somebody as they're out shoveling the snow or sitting by the fireplace watching it snow. You may speak to somebody as they're watching television or reading the Bible or spending some time listening to worship music or just being quiet. God, there's so many ways that you want to whisper to us. You may speak to us through our spouse or through our children. Father, speak to us this week. Your servant is listening. and We want to hear your voice. We need to hear your voice. If we don't hear directions from headquarters, we're in trouble. And so, Father, may you find us listening as you speak. God, we're now going to go into a time of uh, enjoying some food. We haven't done this in almost 10 months, 11 months. We have not had food together in the building. So, Father, I pray against COVID. I pray that we will be safe. But, Father, I also pray that our fellowship will be sweet. Now, we'll just enjoy breaking bread together or soup crackers together. And then we'll just enjoy a good time together. God, I also believe we have heard your voice. The leaders have been pulling their heads together, and we have concluded that we cannot step aside from the mission that you've called us to just because of a virus. We cannot stop being your church and moving the kingdom forward. And we believe we've heard from you in a way that we can touch people in this community through just welcoming them well to our town and giving them some information about Valley City. So, Father, you've directed in this. You've been putting all the pieces together, even helping out on bringing these cutting boards together and more people helping get involved with that. 
So, Father, I just pray that you will uh, continue to move us forward down this road and, and speak to us and show us. Even speak to us as we go knock on a door and drop these things off. May you be speaking through us, and the call that you may be giving is come into a relationship with me. If we knock on a door of a Christian who's moved far from their church, you may be speaking that they need to find a church home here. So, God, I pray that we will continue to just walk in your will and we'll continue living out what you want done in this world as we experience you. Go with us, God, from this place, I pray. Amen. 